Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so there are a few different things going on this morning here. Um, but I want to highlight that again. We are a family who love God and love others. And that's why we're here. That's why we want to worship together as brothers and sisters with everyone, young and old, together. Um, and the yard sale yesterday was mentioned a few times, but I want to especially thank um, everyone who worked so hard. It was, it was such a hot day, as all of you, I'm sure, know. If you didn't go out, you were probably hiding away in your air conditioning. Um, but it was many hands that made the work light, right? And so we were so thrilled to see everyone come together. Um, especially, I want to thank the ladies who did all that baking, Um, That was a lot of work even all throughout the week. I want to thank Lydia for helping me coordinate that whole thing. And just for everyone who came out, it was awesome to see our community just coming out and us having the chance to interact with them. So we're a family who loves God and loves others, right? And I've said this a few times, but the first step in loving others is actually getting to know others, right? And so um, it's important for us to just be present in the community that God has placed us in. And yesterday was just such a beautiful picture of what that can look like. So thank you to everyone. And I think next week we'll let you know how much money we raised. It was a fundraiser for Camp Crossroads, our camp, our turn campaign. And so um, we'll calculate that all up and let you know next week how much we um, were able to fundraise for that. Um, So, we're starting a new sermon series today called Life Lessons from Ordinary Lives. And we're going to spend the summer learning about different people in the Bible. We'll take time to look at who they were and the lives that they lived to see if there are some lessons that we can learn from them. Um, I think often when we read the Bible, at least when I read the Bible, I, I see the extra special or the extraordinary things that people do, right? And because of that, um, it's easy for us to think that they were extraordinary, special people. Who are some of the people that that we've read about in the Bible um, that have done amazing things? This is interactive, so I actually want to hear it. Nate, who's who's somebody awesome? Yeah. Noah. Yeah, right? Noah, who built a huge ark and saved all the animals and all of the people when the rains and the floods came, right? Yeah, Kalen. Moses, yeah. I mean, he, he split the Red Sea, right? That's pretty incredible. Um, he led God's people and kept them safe in a desert for, for 40 years. How did he keep them alive in the desert, right? For 40 years, right? That's so long. That's what Charlie just said. Yeah, Kaylin. Mary, yeah, Mary, right? She became the mother of, of God, right? That's pretty, pretty special. Yeah, there's so many stories that we read about in the Bible of people doing these crazy things. And thousands and thousands of years later, we're still talking about them. But in all truth, when they were going through it, they were just ordinary boys and girls and men and women um, just like us. But they loved God. They learned how to listen to him and how to obey him. And they learned how to live their lives for him. So even us, when we say that we're a family who loves God and loves others, that's what these people did, right? They loved God and they loved others. And God was able to do crazy things through them. So with every part of who they were, with their heart and their soul and their mind and their strength, they learned how to live their lives for God. 
Um, and they followed him faithfully in the normal parts of their lives. Yeah, Kaylin. Yeah, Gideon. Yep. Yeah, all summer we're going to be hearing some of, some of these people's stories, and it's going to be exciting. Um, and so, but what I what I want to highlight right now in that is, even though we think of them as extraordinary, sometimes even as superheroes, maybe because of the things they did, they were actually just people, right? And all of the amazing things that they did that we still talk about today, um, it wasn't through their power and their strength because they were something extra special. Um, but it was God doing all of these amazing things through them with his power and his strength. So on their own, they were just regular people just like us sitting here. Um, but they loved God a lot and they learned how to hear God speak to them. Um, so there's one guy in the Bible named Elijah. So nobody mentioned him. But when he, there's a story in the Bible that says that he prayed and God stopped the rain. For how long do you think? Five. <laughs> so he stopped the rain for three and a half years. That's pretty crazy. I, maybe you don't understand the impact in the front row of that, but if the, the back rows think about that, three and a half years, no rain, that would have pretty, pretty catastrophic impact, right, on, on the world that we live in. Um, but God stopped the rain for three and a half years, and then Elijah prayed after three and a half years, and it started to rain again. Can you imagine that? He prayed and God stopped the rain. He prayed and it started again. That's pretty spectacular. And it would be easy to think that Elijah must have been so powerful that he was a superhero, right? Stopping the rain, controlling the weather. Um, but years and years later, someone named James was writing about prayer and teaching about prayer. And he said that when we pray, we need to look to God and pray believing that God hears us. Do we believe that? Do we believe that when we pray, that when Bob goes up there and leads us in congregational prayer, that God hears what we're saying? Um, and so James was saying, we need to believe that God hears us and, and that God wants to talk to us. Um, and then James says, because Elijah was just a person just like us. And when he prayed, God kept the rain back for three and a half years. He was an ordinary guy, just like us, but he knew God and he followed him. And God did some extraordinary things through him. So we're going to spend the summer looking at the lives of ordinary people in the Bible to see what life lessons we can learn from them. So today we are going to be talking about a king. Um, one of the kings of Israel, King Josiah. And together we'll see if there are any life lessons that we can learn from his life. And maybe you're thinking right now, Sabrina, a king is most definitely not an ordinary person. Um, and that's true because um, kings, obviously, we know they have an extraordinary amount of responsibility. Um, but this king in particular didn't have an average upbringing and life. But I think we will see pretty quickly um, how God worked in some ordinary ways in his life that are really relatable to us and that, that we can connect with our own lives. So, um, first off, what are some things that we know about kings? What are some characteristics that kings have? Yeah, Nate. That sometimes they're chubby. That could be true. Yep, sometimes they might be chubby. <laughs> um, are they weak people? 
No, they're pretty powerful, right? They're pretty powerful and they're important. They're in charge of taking care of an entire country. That is a big responsibility. So when you picture in your head a king, how old do you imagine that he is? 50. Did somebody say 50? Yeah, Kaylin. to 70, so somewhere in that age range, 30 to 70. I think that's pretty accurate. That is actually what I picture in my head as well when I think of a king, right? Well, this king, um, Josiah, how old do you think he was when he became king? Eight. Yeah, Lydia knows the answer. He was eight years old. Oh my goodness. And this story actually has a bit of a sad start because Israel had some really bad kings over the years. And among the worst of Israel's kings were actually Josiah's um, grandfather and father, so King Manasseh and his son, King Amon. So as leaders of God's people, Israel, the kings were supposed to take good care of the people, making sure that they had enough to eat and drink and that they had clothes to wear and that they were healthy and taken care of. Um, A king in Israel was also supposed to lead the people to love God with every part of who they are, with their heart, soul, mind, and strength. But these two kings, so remember Josiah's grandpa and his dad, were really mean to God's people. And they also brought idols, so that's pieces of wood and stone that are are carved into an image that, that they brought to the people and then had the people worship those images instead of the God who, who had actually created them and made them a people. And instead of taking care of the temple, which was where um, the people would come together to worship God, they let the temple go to ruin. And they even lost the book of the law, which is the Bible. So that was a pretty big deal. They were pretty bad, bad kings. So King Amon, who was Josiah's dad, was so bad that he was actually killed by some of his people. Um, and, and so that's a pretty sad, sad thing, right, to have your dad be killed. Um, and, but because being a king runs in the family, if your dad was king, then you would become king next. And when King Amon was killed, everyone, all of Israel, looked to his son Josiah, who was eight years old, to be the king. Um, so do we have any eight-year-olds here? Oh my goodness. Okay, we have two. So I actually only have one crown. Um, Kaylin, can you come up? Nate, you'll get a chance to wear the crown afterwards. Is that okay? <laughs> so you're going to have to take off your kitten ears. Okay, I dub the King Kaylin. <laughs> okay, so we've got an 18 year old, I mean, an eight year old uh, king up here. Um, Kaylin, can you imagine leading an entire country? Yeah, that's a pretty big deal, right? Um, Okay, so let's actually look out here. Let's imagine that this is a country. These are the people of our country. So can you imagine leading them? You can? Okay. So let's give this a shot. Why don't you ask them to do something? Okay, so everyone, high fives all around. Okay, so some people did it, some people didn't. It is a bit tricky sometimes to lead a country, right? Okay, thank you, Kaylin. You can go sit down again. 
<laughs> um, why don't you give it to Nate to wear for during the service? Okay. So, leading a country is a pretty big deal um, for anyone, but particularly if you think about an eight-year-old, right? Leading a country. Um, But there's a saying that says that it takes a village to raise a child. And that means that there are a lot of people who help influence a child as he or she grows up. Um, I don't actually have children of my own, but I'm super blessed. This, This week, actually, I was staying with my nieces and nephew. I was talking to Lydia about that a little bit just before the service. I'm super blessed and humbled to be part of a village for some pretty special little people in my life. Um, When my first niece was born, I decided that it was important for me to be part of her life, part of the support system for her parents, my brother and sister-in-law, as they enter that foggy tunnel of parenthood, the early years. (laughs) Some of you might be able to relate to that. (laughs) Um, As well as a source of love and fun and hopefully security and wisdom for that tiny new life as she and her sisters and brother who would follow grew and learned about life and God and who he created them to be in all of their unique gifts and strengths, learning what it means for them to live their lives for God. Um, It's such a blessing to be part of their lives and someone who can help support them as they grow grow up. Um, It takes a village to raise a child. And even though King Josiah was only eight years old when he became king, and even though he had a really, really bad dad, who was king before him, and a really, really bad grandpa who was king before him. Um, Yeah, he had good people who actually helped him. He had a small village of people to help him learn about God and how to be a good king who loved his people and led them back to God. Especially important to him were his mom, whose name is Jedidah, and a priest named Hilkiah, So let's read a little bit about King Josiah from the Bible. Um, On page 302 in your pew Bibles, it's there. So if that's helpful for the kids um, to look it up. So 2 Kings 2, verses 1 to 2. And Kelly tells me you've been learning how to look, look up books of the Bible. So that's an awesome thing to learn when you're so young already. So 2 Kings 22. Verses 1 to 2. And it's on page 302 in the Pew Bible. So it says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother, Jedidah, the daughter of Adiah from Bozkath, he did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. So even though his dad and his grandpa were really bad kings, King Josiah was not like that. He learned to love God and follow him. And he always tried to do the right thing. So when King Josiah was 20, um, he began to get rid of the idols that people were worshiping, the idols that his grandpa grandpa and and dad had brought in. Um, He sent people throughout the entire country to destroy the altars and worship the places that had been built to any gods other than the one true God of Israel. Um, Josiah loved God, and he wanted to make sure that God's people and his people worshipped only their one true God. 
So then when King Josiah was 26, we're getting up to the, the normal age range of a king, right? When he was 26, he saw that God's temple, the place where God's people were supposed to meet with him, hadn't been taken care of, and it was dirty and messy and broken. Um, so he sent his assistant and a priest to gather together money and people to fix up the temple. And while they were doing this, um, what do you think that they found? They found the book of the law. I had mentioned before that it, that it was lost. So they found the book of the law. And it, it's really hard for us to understand what it would be like to not have the Bible. Because we have so many of them. If you think about in your own home, you probably have at least one, um, if not more, copies of the Bible in your home, right? In this church alone, we have like two or three pew Bibles in, in every pew, right? But back then, they literally had one copy and that copy had been lost. And so they hadn't been able to read God's word in years and years and re- years. Josiah had never read, for it, read from it for himself. And they found it, which is amazing. And so when they found it, King Josiah asked the priest to read it to him. Please read to me God's word. I want to hear this. Um, and so the priest read to him. Um, And through that, as the priest read to him, Josiah learned about who God was, about everything that was was done, that everything that God told to his people, about the fact that God called a people to um, himself and to each other. Um, And when Josiah read that or heard that, he was actually filled with sadness and grief. And so maybe it's hard to understand why would he be sad about that. But he realized that God's people hadn't been obeying what God had asked of them. They hadn't been following God the way that God wanted them to. And he was so upset and sad about this that he immediately started to work to turn things around. And so we're going to read again in the Bible. So in 2 Kings 23, verses 1 to 3, um, it says, Then the king summoned all of the elders, all of the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. So everyone came together, whether they were important or not, everyone came together. And there the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all his commands, laws, and decrees with all his heart and soul. In this way, he confirmed all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll, and all the people pledged themselves to God, to the covenant." So, we're coming to the end here. I think this is a pretty beautiful story of a young child who's raised up in the ways of God, even when circumstances are against him, when he doesn't even come from a great family, right? And yet he has the support, and God works in his life to raise him up to follow him and to love him. Um, And this young boy grows up to lead the entire nation of Israel back, which is pretty amazing, Um, So what are some of the lessons that we can learn from King Josiah? It doesn't matter how old or young you are, whether you're 80 years old or whether you're 8 years old. If you give your life to God and you follow him, then God wants to use you to make things right in the world. God wants to use each one of us. Um, This next point is, is mostly for the adults in here, but remember that it takes a village We each have the opportunity to help be a positive influence in the lives of those around us. 
Make sure that the way you live your life um, is in the way that you interact with those around you has a positive impact on them rather than a negative one. Um, and, and remember, too, that children are very observant, and they learn just as much by watching the way that you live and treat others um, as they do by, by what you say. That means that it's important for you to truly love God with every part of who you are and live your way, life in a way that reflects that. And, I mean, parents can, I'm sure, attest, and everyone here who's a parent can attest to the fact that sometimes it's shocking to hear the things that you say come out of a small child, right? They really watch and they listen. And so it's important for us to live our lives. And that's not just for parents. That's for our whole church family. If we say we're a family, then that means we have a responsibility to to every person in this family as well, to reflect the love of God in in the way that we live. Um, And lastly, reading the Bible is important because it teaches us who God is and how to live our lives. Um, God's word is so special, and through the lives of these people, through God at work, we actually can know the heart of God, know what's important to him in this world, and know um, what it means for us to live out um, our lives in a way that also reflects what's important to him. Um, yeah, so I'm going to pray right now, and then I'm going to invite Kelly, Kelly back up to do a, a short little lesson um, with the kids. Because, kids, I don't know if you've noticed, um, have you ever wondered what's going on with the silver trays at the front of the church? What's happening in there? So Kelly's going to talk a little bit about, about what's happening um, on this Sunday. So bow with me in prayer. God, I thank you that... Um, yeah, you, del- you created all things. You created the universe, this earth. You created each one of us. And God, even before we were born, even before our mothers knew that we were in existence, you were at work putting us together exactly the way that you wanted to. With all of our strengths, all of our gifts and abilities, you put those things into place. And I pray for each one of us, no matter what age we are, that we would... Um, yeah, recognize your amazing love for us and that as we give our lives to you, that it would be more than just something we say, but that every part of our lives we would learn how to use the gifts you've given us to actually share your love with the world around us. And so, God, we thank you for King Josiah. We thank you for this young boy who you worked in his life through tragic circumstances, actually, in order to bring your people back to you. And and God, we pray that as a community, as a family, we would constantly be seeking you and making sure that we're close to your heart um, and that we would make a place for, for even young children to grow and, and mature and walk in your ways so that someday, too, that they, they will be able to lead us further and closer to your heart. So, God, I thank you for this family. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here. I thank you for the way that you work in, in your family and through your family. So, thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.